We've spent a lot of time talking about the players that we're hoping are on the board for the Miami Dolphins in the 2023 NFL Draft. But what about the players that we are hoping aren't on the board? What is your rooting interest for Thursday night and early Friday? That is today's topic on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Special shout out to my microphone, which <laughs> bit the dust this morning. So a little different audio setup today, but we're going to get something set up to make sure we're good to go for tomorrow and, and the NFL draft. So appreciate you guys checking out the show. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. The host of Locked On Dolphins, the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino, podcast dedicated to team building across the entirety of the NFL. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Special shout out to our everydayers who are plugged in with everything that we are doing on a daily basis because this run up to the 2023 NFL Draft has been an absolute blast. And as I teased, we have spent much time talking about we hope this player is available. We hope that player is available. We hope that Chris Greer gets a chance to identify X, Y, or Z players and makes a choice out of any of these in which you would feel they would all be upgrades to what the Dolphins have on the roster. But the path to getting there is something we haven't actively discussed, and it's what we're going to discuss now. The magic number, right? There's 50 picks before the Dolphins make their first selection. Which of the Dolphins' prospects are you most hoping to see? And I have my own definition for that. And what does the road look like? What other players have to get drafted for that to happen? And I think the first thing you have to do is identify uh, the tiers in, in which you are coveting players. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel, you can listen to Locked on Dolphins or watch Locked on Dolphins on YouTube, wherever you listen to your podcast. We have a chance to go over my 2023 Miami Dolphins horizontal draft board. Here are the tiers. Tier one is your rare of the rare, your absolute elites. Tier two is uh, definitive top 15 type values. Top, tier three is arguably first round talent type of players. And that's my hope for the Dolphins is to get a player in tiers one, two, or three with your first pick. That's your cutoff. Tier three player would mean you feel like you got a player that would be worthy of selecting with a first round selection. That's what we're hoping for. So let's identify who those players are. Your tier one players, your rare talents, are B. John Robinson at running back and Jalen Carter at defensive tackle. These are only the Dolphins, the, the positions we consider to be positions of relative or greater need for the Dolphins. So you don't see quarterback on this list. You don't see wide receiver on this list other than one wide receiver prospect, Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. And you don't see edge rushers because when you look at the financial commitments, the recent commitments, the performance of those players, they're not high priority relative to the other flux that you could see or the need that is pressing at interior offensive line or tackle or tight end or linebacker or whatever else. So we have a couple of positions that have been admitted. 
So don't be surprised for me to say, oh, there's no tier one quarterback prospects or edge rushers in this class because we didn't evaluate him because this is a Dolphin-specific board. Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter of the eight positions, running back, tight end, offensive tackle, interior offensive line, interior defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, and safety. The two special players in this class, in my mind, are Bijan Robinson and Jalen Carter. Top 10 caliber, or top 15, I should say, top half of the first round caliber fits for Miami would include Darnell Washington and Dalton Kincaid at tight end, Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, Adetamiwa Adabare from Northwestern, the defensive lineman, very rare athleticism, Jack Campbell at linebacker, and cornerback Devin Witherspoon. My general sense is that you won't sniff any of those players. So that's one, two, three, four, five six, seven, eight players to occupy what would be 16 spots if you were just going to stack them vertically and say, oh, these are the players you would want to draft in the top half of the first round. Predictively, I think the one that has the best chance, ironically enough, to get to the Dolphins is Darnell Washington, who's my highest rated tight end. But then you add up the other names, and tier three is running back Jameer Gibbs, Tight end Sam Laporta, offensive tackles DeWand Jones, Matthew Bergeron, and Broderick Jones, interior offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky, John Michael Schmitz, and Steve Avila, interior defensive lineman Brian Brzee and Mozzie Smith, cornerbacks Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter, and safeties Brian Branch and Sidney Brown. That list is a grand total of 22 players long. And I'm not a math guy, but I know if you sit down and you do the math, 50 selections before you, and there are 22 players that are on your short list that you would like to have the chance to pick one of. Well, that that's not great math in your favor. So what does the pathway, again, this is the subject of today's show, what is the pathway to having choices for players amongst that list of 22. If you ask me, Kyle, what pick would make you happy for the Dolphins? Any single one of those 22 names in tiers, one, two, and three. Any one of them. How do we get there? Well, you got to look at the positions that aren't on the board for the Dolphins and ask yourself predictively, how many of those do you think go in the first 50 picks as well? You can look at the quarterback position, and I can give you five. Okay, it's not much, but it's a start. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson are all going to go in the first round, and then Hendon Hooker is going to be a top 50 selection based off the buzz and the consensus that is growing that he may end up being a first-round pick himself. So that's five. What about wide receivers? Jackson Smith and Jigba? I, I do think, predictively, all of these players end up going in the first 50 picks. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State. Quinton Johnston, TCU. Jordan Addison, USC. Zay Flowers, Boston College. Josh Downs, North Carolina. Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. Cedric Tillman, Tennessee. That now pushes you to 12 players. The other position that is not accounted for is edge rushers. And this is where things, the tide kind of turns a little bit for the Dolphins. Because you have more 
talent in the edge group, in my mind, than any other position group in this class, period. Will Anderson, Alabama. Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech. Nolan Smith, Georgia. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa. Miles Murphy, Clemson. Felix Uzoma, Kansas State. Will McDonald, Iowa State. Derek Hall, Auburn. Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame. B.J. Ojolari, LSU. I mean, that's, what, 10 names? 10 names just in the edge rushers that I think you predictively could see and should see go in the top 50. So if you add quarterbacks, wide receivers, and edge rushers for players that I think predictively are top 50 selections, you get 22. Okay? 22 plus the 19 that we have in tiers 1, 2, and 3 still does not get you to the point where the Dolphins will be able to have a chance to select a player. But I come bearing good news. I foresee the pathway, and it's based on players that are on my Dolphins board, but when you're grading for not specifically the Dolphins, they might be coveted higher. They may go higher. Predictively, I think a number of players that I don't have in the first three tiers for the Dolphins-specific fits will go in the first round. And that's what we're going to talk about next here on Locked on Dolphins. Of course, after I remind everybody about the life hack that is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely, positively delicious. They have 100% chocolate on their bars. You're talking 17, 20 grams of protein. They're 130 calories a pop, low in fat. So if you're looking for a little bit of extra lean protein in your life, a healthy snack, something to eat on the go, good way to start your day, you name it, Built Bar can be it. Right now you can either go to Walmart or Sam's Club or Built.com and pick yourself up a box. You go to Walmart, you can pick yourself up a, a small box in the pharmacy section. You go to Sam's Club, you get the 13 bar box, help yourself to one on the way home or go to Built.com and help yourself to a box of Built. I'll go ahead and pull the board back up here, but I, I have identified a number of players in doing the math that I would say are on the Dolphins board and will predictively go before the Dolphins pick that I am not mad about seeing get selected. And this is kind of where the short list of like your rooting section for who to get called out uh, and who to get drafted early comes into play. Amongst tier four players, if I start my way left with running backs and work my way over, I don't think any of the running backs in that tier four, Abanacanda, Spears, or Charbonnet, go in the first round or in the top 50. But at tight end, I do think Michael Mayer goes. I think there's a very strong chance that Michael Mayer is going to go in the first round and potentially in the top 20 picks. I think the Chargers are a good destination. I think the Packers are a good destination. The floor sounds like it's the Dallas Cowboys at 26. So Mayer, who does not stack up specifically for the Dolphins quite as well as Washington, Kincaid, or Laporta, is going to be off the board before those players that are better fits for the Dolphins. Check the box. We need to root for that to happen. 
At offensive tackle, I have Darnell Wright and Anton Harrison definitively as first-round picks. I would not be surprised if both of those are top 20 picks as well. I don't think their skill sets are the best tailored for the Dolphins-specific system, and I certainly think the vast majority of the tackles in front of them in tiers 1, 2, and 3 are going to be off the board as well. But there's some buzz that Dewan Jones may slip a little bit. Matthew Bergeron, we've kind of been clinging to our priors on that he might be available. But I'll tell you right now, let's go ahead and sign me up for Anton Harrison and Darnell Wright to go off the board in the first round, and I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, even though they are candidates that would fit the Dolphins. They're not the best fits. And my objective is to get the best player at pick 51. So I need these Tier 4 players to go. Uh, In the interior offensive line, I think Joe Tittman goes in the first round, and I think Osiris Torrance goes in the first round. So you have another two interior, another group of two interior offensive linemen in Tittman, who's center guard versatile, and Torrance, who is more of a gap power scheme type player, who are ready to come off the board as well, as compared to more zone-based system players that you have elsewhere. On the defensive side of the ball, Kalijah Kansi has been talked about as a potential top three interior defensive lineman and has been mocked in the top 10 in, in mock drafts. I don't think he goes that high, but I think he goes in the top 50 based off that predictive buzz. And I'll tell you right now, I won't lose an ounce of sleep over here in Kalijah Kansi's name called, even with the lack of available options that are attractive on the interior defensive line for the Dolphins. You should absolutely root for that to be the case. And Keon White has been invited, whether he's an edge or whether he's a defensive lineman, he's 280 plus pounds. He's going to play in the B gap sometimes and rush the passer likely from the inside as well. Those two players, I don't think are great fits for the Dolphins. Keon White is one of the older prospects in this class. And while he is phenomenally athletic, he is super raw from a fundamental standpoint. He's in Kansas City for the draft which tells you the expectation is he's going to go relatively quickly. Good. I hope he goes in the first round. I'm rooting for Keon White to not have to wait till Friday to get drafted. I want to see that name called because it's one step closer to a player that we want being available at at 51. I don't think any of the linebackers, Henley or Trenton Simpson in tier four or further down, are in the conversation to get drafted early. Maybe Drew Sanders in the top 50, but I think that would be a little bit of a surprise. And then at corner, Deontay Banks is being talked about and Emmanuel Forbes is being talked about as first-round players. They are not better fits in my mind than Julius Brents, who we acknowledged yesterday as kind of a sleeper name. And that's where the math finally turns out in your favor. Because if you take Michael Mayer, Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, Joe Tipman, Osiris Torrance, Kalijah Kansi, Keon White, Deontay Banks, and Emmanuel Forbes, there's nine players. Nine plus 22 quarterbacks, wide receivers, and edge rushers is 31. And this is dangerous because I'm doing math. But if you get those 31 and you have 22 players in tiers one, two, and three on my personal board, 
that's 53. That means you are going to have at minimum three tier one, two, and three players available to you to be selected with your pick at 51. What's really fun is I did the thought exercise where I did predictively. I said, okay, here's predictively what I think the top 50 is. And I saw which three players were available. And then I had two or three people, two, two people that I trust. The third never got back. I won't throw anybody under the bus. I had two people that I really trust do the same exercise. And I said, I sent them my board and I said, Hey, I did this math exercise where I came back and said, at pick 51, three of these players in tiers one, two, and three at minimum should be on the board for the Dolphins. Who do you think the most likely three to be available are? And it was a consensus who the three players were, which I thought was super interesting. And that's that's what we're going to focus on here at the end. And I'll answer one of the questions that many of you have have been asking, which is, Okay, but like predictively, who's your ideal pick at 51? Well, let's use this predictive nature of we've done the math on players that aren't at positions that offense are focused on. We've done focus on players who might be better scheme fits for other teams across the league that aren't graded as highly for the offense. And then we have our 22-player wish list of players that are in tiers one, two, and three that I personally cover. We're going to focus on what I would do and who the consensus three players were here as we bring this episode of Locked On Dolphins to a close. You can eat your hearts out, uh, Sam Laporta fans, because Sam Laporta was one of the three. In my own thought exercise and as a consensus across the board with the other two people. So three separate people did this exercise, looked at the 22 players in tiers one, two, and three, and all three came back and said, Sam Laporta should be on the board for you at pick 51. The other player, who the next player who was a consensus player, uh, is one that pulls at my personal heartstrings, but is not a player who is at one of the Dolphins' most primary pressing areas of needs, and that is Illinois safety Sidney Brown. All three individuals, myself included, said Sidney Brown should be available when the Dolphins come on the clock. We're going to do most likely players to be available. Now, I didn't have the other two people tell me who their first player off was, but I can tell you for me personally, the third available player and the first off, or the last off, I should say, were both into your offensive linemen. John Michael Schmitz, was the consensus third available player who, quote-unquote, should be there for the Dolphins at 51. And then Steve Avila was my last off the list. So if somebody goes off schedule anywhere, and we haven't talked about Keely Ringo or DJ Turner, we acknowledge the existence of Drew Sanders. Uh, Jalen Duncan or Blake Freeland. Somebody goes off the board unexpectedly at, at one of those other spots. Can Tucker Craft go early? Does somebody reach on Zach Charbonnet? The waterfall effect, I think, would give you more options at, at, on the offensive line. But the consensus three players who were available in this thought exercise in the first three tiers 
as far as like first round caliber fits for the Dolphins. Not first round grades, first round fits for the Dolphins. It was tight end Sam Laporta, interior offensive lineman John Michael Schmitz, and safety Sidney Brown. And this is where it gets very, very interesting because in my mind, you can spin these three options and make a firm justification for any of the three. And this is why teams use the time that's on the clock. Because if we come on the clock at 51, and let's say the last three players in the highest available tier are Laporta, Michael Schmitz, and Sidney Brown. Well, you can look at Sidney Brown and say, well, that was my highest graded player out of the three. But then you could also say, well, John Michael Schmitz is the greatest upgrade opportunity because your third starting interior offensive lineman is a tier seven player and you've got John Michael Schmitz as a tier three player. But then you could say, well, our most complimentary player or the most complimentary piece that we could add into the mix is a pass catching run after catch tight end who can play in line and is a capable blocker. We vacated the most amount of snaps in the tight end room last year. We need somebody to fulfill that. Is that going to be Eric Saubert on a one-year deal? And the conversation between the coaches goes round and round and round until there's two minutes left on the clock and you try to come to a consensus and you write a name on the card and you turn it in. If it were me, if it were me, I would not put pedestal on the best available player simply because he was the best available player within the tier. I would have a very difficult time not drafting Cindy Brown. But if I were going to take the intersection of the long-term needs of the team, of the immediate needs of the team, and investing in getting the situation right around your quarterback, John Michael Schmitz is probably the pick, in my mind. Because I look further down and I ask myself, how many of those starting caliber into your offensive lineman? Right? Joe Tipman, we're predicting, is going to be gone. So you have Cody Mauch, who I think is a center only. So you have more scheme versatility with Michael Schmitz. You have Nick Saldaveri. And now you're into tier five with Voorhees and Mafi and McFadden. I'll pull the board up for those of you who are, are watching on YouTube. Versus at tight end, if Laporta is still there and you pass on him, Schoonmaker, Tucker Craft, Braden Willis, Brenton Strange, they are all also still upgrades. It is not as premium of a position. The run will not have, have really filled yet. I feel like when you come back around at 84, you have a better chance of getting a tier four tight end to add to the room. And at safety, while Sidney Brown, there is a dramatic drop-off. There are no players left beyond Sidney Brown who are graded as better players than your second starter in the safety room. And you have three capable safeties. So because of that, if you told me it was Laporta, Michael Schmitz, Sidney Brown, 
my choice at 51 based off of what we know and trying to take all of the information into account, my choice would be John Michael Schmitz. Whether you're going to ask him to stay at center or move to left guard. But I would really, I would hate to see all three of them on the board, but that's a good luxury to have. And I think that's the position. I genuinely think that's the position that the Dolphins are going to be in. As I'm looking at some of these other players, and I, I just can't imagine that there's not going to be one or two crazy picks as well, in addition to the chalk projections. Now, are some of these players like is Isaiah Foskey and BJ Ojolari and Cedric Tillman in the top 50 aggressive? Yes. And if it doesn't work out that way, you might end up with a goose egg in the first three tiers, in which case I'm probably saying trade your, your butt back. If you get if you don't have any of the 22 players in tiers one, two, and three, I'm advocating to move back. If any are left, I'm probably advocating to stick and pick. You get multiples. We just went through the scenario based on who I think, and two other people who went through the same exercise thought were the most likely players to be there. That is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure you keep it locked in. Here on Locked on Dolphins, it's your team every day. I'm going to go head out and buy a new microphone here in just a minute. Um, but I appreciate the everydayers who are dialed in with everything that we are doing. If you're new to the show, welcome. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hope you're excited for the 2023 NFL Draft and that you will hit subscribe and keep it locked on right here on Locked on Dolphins because it is your team every day. Be back. Talk to you all again soon. Peace.